Hey, welcome to Ask a Pastor. Today I'm joined by Dr. Steve Jones on my right and further to my right, Joanne Adams. Uh, welcome. Great to have you both here. Thank you. Uh, Steve has been uh, a medical doctor, ENT, for years, uh, recently retired, also been the chairman of the Elder Board here at Orchard Hill a number of years over the last uh, several years. And Joanne, after a long career in human resources, executive leadership, uh, has been part of our staff here at Orchard Hill Church working with adult ministries and women's ministries. So so welcome. So um, uh, tell us a little bit about your July 4th plans this, this week. I am watching my grandkids. Um, that's harder than being a physician. So uh, I'm prepared for it mentally and physically. So yeah, we have the grandkids in visiting for the long weekend. Very fun. Joanne, anything this weekend? So I've been invited to a couple of events where we will be social distancing. Okay. And so it will be outside. <laughs> and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay, good. I'm hoping uh, we're planning, we have a little camp and I think three of my kids, my wife and I are going to go up there and spend a good chunk of the weekend. So uh, should be uh, socially distanced from everyone else. <laughs> and turn the cell phone off, right? Or is it, it automatically it, it doesn't work there. So Perfect. it is oh, an automatic good. shutdown when I go there. So, well, good. Well, so we're going to talk about a topic that is um, certainly current and is one that a lot of people are uh, passionate about on different uh, kind of perspectives around it. And that is the taking down of monuments, the kind of taking um, things from public sphere and saying this should no longer be here. And so uh, we're going to especially talk about monuments. Some of it obviously makes perfect sense immediately on the face where, at least from where I sit, where you go, yeah, that seems like something that we'd be better off not having in our culture. And and so I think in a lot of ways, the question starts to become, um, when or how far do you go into the past to say, hey, this is is not acceptable? And are there some things that if somebody has any of it in their past, then whatever positives they brought never outweigh that? Um, I think, you know, certainly we've seen in recent days, uh, you know, this just go all the way. I think uh, there's some calling for the takedown of Mount Rushmore now. Uh, because George Washington and I think Thomas Jefferson both owned slaves, which, again, if that's going to be the standard, that anybody who ever had a slave um, has no public recognition in our culture, then that makes sense. But, but I think those are the questions. So, so I'd love just to hear, uh, Steve, why don't we start with you, just kind of your, your general take on the idea of removing things that, that have had some kind of a of a past a racial or sexual or whatever it is that we say this person shouldn't be venerated in any way. And then we'd love to hear Joanne speak about it. And for those of you on the radio, um, Joanne is a black woman. Uh, Steve is a white man. So uh, just to provide a little context. Yeah, um, it is a, an emotionally charged issue. I think considering all the things that are going on in society now, it's sort of heightened the emotional response to this. And where people land on it, there's gonna be a huge variation. And I guess the thing that concerns me most is, it, these are dialogues we should be having, absolutely, because I think you can have um, a monument to an individual that's so inappropriate that it would be nearly universally agreed upon it should be taken down. And then you start to shift downward into those where it's more relative. 
And I think what's kind of been missing in the conversation is what I would call context. By context, I would say that um, let's take uh, the Civil War. We have monuments up to Confederate heroes. At the time when those monuments were put up, they were considered heroes by the people that put them up. And yet when you look at it in the context, you'd say the sole reason, the only reason that monument exists is because they were fighting for a cause that now most people would say was entirely unjust. And to me, that's a good conversation to have to say, um, we need to consider taking these down. We need to find out what it is, what the jurisdiction is, how can we have that discussion, where do the offenses lie? So a Confederate general, I get it. Um, to me, the context changes a little bit if it's someone like, say, Ulysses Grant. Because Ulysses Grant um, owned a slave. It's a fact. It was given to him when he got married. His wife's family owned slaves. And Grant was a complex historical figure. And I think until you get into the context of this, you don't really understand completely. Um, he was uncomfortable with a slave. Um, he was unsuccessful in his early life after he graduated from West Point. Tried to be a farmer. Wasn't very good at it and actually released his slave after a year to his own detriment. Clearly, he wasn't very good at farming. He needed all the help he could. But this was before the Civil War broke out. Um, and then he went on to become unarguably the most successful general in the fight against slavery, against um, what was going on in the South, then became president, continued that same pathway, um, helped fight the Ku Klux Klan, tried to do the reorganization of the South. And to me, he's the perfect example who by today's standards we would call woke. He was on the wrong side of the equation, he realized it, and then he actually did something about it. He didn't just say, oh, slavery's bad. He released his slave and then spent the rest of his military and political career fighting against that institution. Mm -hmm. So I at would say- At a great cost to himself. At a well. significant cost. Mm -hmm. So I would say, and, and he had his other personal flaws too. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a heavy drinker and at times he was a little pig headed, but these are things that aren't in the context of the conversation here. In the context of the conversation, I would say the fact that he owned a slave isn't the factor that should take down the statue. Because if anything, he spent the rest of his life actually fighting against it. And yet there are those who would say any by virtue of anything owning, that yes. you cross that boundary would say you own a slave. Let's, that's let's yeah. make sure that you have no no um, recognition in that way. Yeah, and that's why I think the context makes a difference. The only context for a Confederate war hero is they fought for the South. It was technically treasonous. It was in support of slavery, and I could see. I've got some ideas about what to do with those statues, but that's another question. Yeah. Okay. Joanne, what's your kind of initial take? Um, you, you know, what's positive about kind of the uh, movement that we're seeing and what uh, cautions do you see? Yeah. I, I don't think that the movement is a new one. I think that there have been conversations going on uh, forever about the removal of these statues that really in, in some ways celebrate people um, and their ideals versus just remembering them. Uh, and I think there's a difference there. Um, I know that uh, several years ago, uh, one of the former Supreme Court justices, Roger Taney, who was on the Supreme Court at the time that the Dred Scott 
case. And the Dred Scott case was really a case that was one of the uh, reasons that the Civil War was actually started. And that is a slave who um, sued to be, to be free, to become free. And Tanny was the Supreme Court justice that wrote the majority opinion that said that slaves are not citizens. And there was a um, statue of him in the Maryland State uh, State House. And, and to me, that we're recognizing someone whose ideals are definitely not the ideals that I would have. And so there are years of debate and conversation about this. And it wasn't until um, 2017 when there was the white nationalists who were actually um, had a protest where a person was killed that people really started to have the conversation about, hmm, is it worth it for us to begin to have a statue here for someone whose ideals represented something that as a nation we no longer uh, stand for. So that statue was removed. So I, I think that I agree with, with Steve in that there should be conversations about it. But as a black person, for us to have statues that we sort of revere because somehow people think that they are uh, important uh, historical figures, um, I, I, I am not sure that I would support having um, monuments to them. Now, if we are talking about museums, where there is uh, some history that we want to talk about, certainly. Um, so I, I am um, uh, reluctant to support that we should have ongoing uh, statutes for people that support uh, the Confederacy. So you then sort of draw that line saying a statue in and of itself, apart from a museum or a context, seems to revere that person or extol their virtue, and that's what we need to be careful about. Yes, yeah, I, I do think that. That, that we should. Yeah. Although, I think that sometimes the conversation gets twisted. And, and, and I was, um, you know, we, we do protest a lot of things, and I think that statues mean something to people. Uh, I think the naming of buildings means something to people. You know, I went to a high school, the name, a, a middle school, the name was John F. Kennedy. And that meant something to us at that time. So I think that uh, it's important that we clearly think through who we're revering. Uh, however, uh, I love what this author says. Um, I don't fear 150-year-old statues of old dead white men. What I fear is the hatred we are seeing in real time on social media, in our workplaces, and our political rhetoric. So I think that as we're having these discussions, let's get serious about them. And what would that involve? What would the next step then be if, um, uh, you know, if I heard you, so, yeah, it's good to talk about the statues, but let's talk about what's happening maybe today. So is, does this issue become, um, is it an issue that leads to that conversation or is it an issue that distracts from that conversation? I think, I think it could be both. I think there are some who would just want to singularly focus on that issue. And I think there, that is an issue to be focused on, but removing those statues with hearts 
that are the same, I mean, really doesn't do anything. I think that that discussion needs to be part of a larger discussion about, you know, why is it that you revere this this person? Why is it that we should look to this person as someone that's a historical figure with these ideals? Why are those ideals so important to you? I mean, if you think about the United States, I mean, this is a place where we have uh, freedom of speech, uh, and we should be able to have that dialogue with people. Uh, so um, I, I, I just really think that it should lead to larger discussions and, and decisions. I think that the tide, the times change because it wasn't so long ago that they had polls that said, um, in general, people aren't in favor of taking down statues. Yes, we realize there's flaws. But I think as, as time passes and awareness changes, those polls have changed. And I think that has to be part of it also. When people have a greater awareness of what these things actually mean to others, and I think that's the dialogue that you're pointing to, is saying, I wouldn't have thought that could have been offensive to a group of people or to individuals, and now I do understand it. And so the conversation, the dialogue part is important. The simply mob mentality of going in and putting a, uh, a couple of ropes around a statue and pulling it down um, might be symbolic, but it's often done out of emotion rather than right. So, so let, me, let me frame this a little differently because I think it um, sounds like we're in agreement that there's appropriate conversation, appropriate removal um, of things that clearly support things that now we would say we get that that's not where we want to be as a society. So when I was a kid, uh, it goes back a few years, one of the shows that was on TV was Dukes of Hazard. I don't know if you remember Dukes of Hazard, but it had these, remember Daisy these two guys driving around uh, in their car that they called General Lee, and it had a Confederate flag decorated on it. I remember as a kid, uh, growing up in a predominantly white area, um, going, that seems offensive to me. Uh, like that seems like that shouldn't be cool that, that this is the, the thing that people are celebrating or, you know, holding up as a TV show. And so now, you know, all of a sudden we're seeing NASCAR say we're banning the Confederate flag, which to me, if there's ever a symbol that clearly says something, um, you're making a statement by having a, a, that flag, you, you seem to be. So my question then becomes, okay, should everyone who works on that TV show back in the 70s um, be canceled in our current culture? Should every advertiser who paid for money, should their products be boycotted? Um, how about people who watch the show, even as you know, a kid, um, just, hey, it's Friday night or whatever night it was on, here's something to watch. And even though I, I knew it at the time, um, I still ended up watching the show at least some. Um, like, where do we, how, how do we meet that out now as we move forward? Because what it seems like we're doing, at least in part, is now we're saying anybody who, who helped make that show uh, should be suspect. And I'm not sure that's inappropriate. I'm just asking the question. Um, but if you do that, I mean, I haven't gone back and looked to see who worked on the show, but I would guess that there's a lot of people in there that, um, that even back then should have gone, this is offensive. In fact, even more back then in the sense of you were close enough to um, some of the moments in our history. I mean, that's 10 years after Martin Luther King Jr. was, 
was assassinated. And so, you know, that's a, that, that, that was a very fresh moment in a sense. So you know, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts, both of you, on that. Let's start with Joanne, then we'll yeah, come sure. to Steve. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I'm not sure that people, um, until something happens that make people get woke, mm -hmm. I mean, people that were working on that show probably didn't even think about it. They just probably thought, hey, this show is being filmed during this, in this state, during this period of time, and had no recollection that this was a confederate. I mean, they probably knew it was but, a confederate. But I knew as an eight-year-old kid that, yeah. that that was something that was not right. And maybe you were more woke than I most. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I, I just saw a show about a bunch of rednecks. Yeah. I just didn't even watch it. So. Right, so I'm... I'm I'm not sure that people were actually in dialogue, especially in those settings. People were in dialogue around, hey, biggest viewership, what's going to draw in people? And so discussions like that, not about is this racist. So, so what I'm so hearing that, you that, say is that the intent take. matters. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, I think so if somebody's unaware that their actions could be offensive... Um, maybe they get more latitude on the backside. Is that what I'm hearing? I think that's a fair statement. I think that's fair, although I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking through now social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now, if you are filmed, if you say something on social media that is a hot button for people, then you get blasted. Here's a yeah. racist. And what happens is now you find that people are getting fired from jobs. Yeah. The, all of these things are happening. And as I sit back and I think about it, you know, there's one part of me that's thinking like, eh, maybe they should get a break. You know, maybe they didn't know. And then there's another part of me that's saying, here's a person that is a manager in a company that probably has a diverse uh, workforce. If this is what they think, why should they be working? Mm -hmm. So I'm... In some ways, I'm torn. And, um, you know, as a Christian, I often think, you know, we got to love people. We have to really give them the benefit of the doubt. But there is something about me as a black person that says, yeah, they deserve it. Mm -hmm. They deserve to be fired. Because if this is the way they think, then why should we leave them in a place where they can uh, make decisions about things that would negatively impact me? Okay. I think it's sometimes hard to know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, people, I think, can innocently say things and do things that others would find offensive because of just lack of insight. Yeah. Because I grew up in, uh, well, I, my high school was racially integrated. I think we had about 10, 15% black. There was only one Jewish person I knew growing up. Um, and only a couple of Asians. So it didn't really, and no Hispanics, it didn't reflect today's demographics, but at the time it did. But my parents were, there wasn't a racist bone in either of their bodies, but I was never brought up to become super aware. I did know things through friends at school, through sports. Um, and at one point in high school, we actually had a walkout to celebrate how we could get together a better as whites and blacks because there had been an incident in the community and someone staged it. And a lot of people said, I'm going to walk out because I can get out of class. I can take the day off here. Right. Um, and what they ultimately ended up doing was having conversations about it, recognizing the issues. And in front of our school, they had a, a bell that, you know, they'd ring to do things. And they painted white, half of white, half of black. 
and they did put MPB, MPD, Mansfield Police Department, in the middle because they were actually did a constructive thing in bringing people together and talking about it. So I thought it was, that was the, the thing that stuck out to me, but you really don't know what you don't know sometimes. You really don't. So, so back to then the monuments. So Mount Rushmore, should it be taken down or not be taken down? I'd say no, based on the individuals that are there. Yes, they had flaws, they really did. Um, but in the context of their being there, their service to the country, the framing of our country's ideals, the idea that these were the initial leaders that created what we consider to be America in some, in some cases, um, is it necessary to point out the flaws of people? Um, as Christians, we're asked to be discerning, but maybe not judgmental, if I could draw those distinctions for a minute. We are supposed to discern the behavior of people. We are supposed to, to evaluate it by Christian standards. Um, and when we do that, we find that all people fall short. Every single leader has flaws, every single one. Um, and therefore, having a flaw can't necessarily cause the monument to come down. So I look at it again in context. Um, is it necessary though to point out those flaws? I think for years, media tended not to look at the flaws of their leaders. They intended to hide the flaws. I mean, they considered FDR's um, disability to be a flaw. So they hid it from the public intentionally to elevate him to a point where people could see him a certain way, the way the media wanted. And now I think it's switched. The media and especially social media wants to point out flaws. Um, and there are some that can disqualify you. Um, but again, you have to weigh it against the other components of what that person stood for and what they were all about. So I would leave that up. My question is really the one about Stone Mountain in Georgia. Okay. Are you familiar with Stone Mountain? I'm not offhand. What's on Stone it's, Mountain? Stone Mountain is this giant mountain and they have Confederate war heroes and it's carved in. It's not the sort of thing you can take down. This is a mountain like Mount Rushmore and you'd have to do something, either blow it up, put a blanket over it or contextualize it some way. So one, I'm not sure that anyone would ever take down Rushmore, Mount Rushmore. I don't know how you would do that. Possibly there's a way, but I think it's the narrative around that that needs to perhaps change. Um, when we talk about it, we talk about our, the great fathers of our nation. Well, I think we need to talk about it differently. Um, and what that means, I'd have to really think about that more, but that's what people revere, that they are these great men without flaws and they created this country. And it, there's a different narrative that I think that black people have around it than white people have around it. So when you talk about not necessarily talking about one's flaws, I think it's important to, to do that. It makes people real. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't suggest that we take it down. But I do think that as we, if you look at um, the literature that talks about it, as people go and visit it, what are they looking at when they visit it? How are they talking to their families about it as they are there? Um, I mean, it, it, honestly, it was never a place that I thought I wanted to visit. <laughs> 
It's hard to get to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it's never a, a something that I thought, oh, wow, this is something I really want to see. But um, depending on the narrative around that, maybe it's something that I would want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, the, the, the question, I think, especially as a person of faith, goes to, should we revere people at all? Um, because my allegiance should be to Jesus Christ. It shouldn't be to a political figure, no matter how much influence they had, how great they were. I realize societies make statues, so that's what we're talking about here. Um, not that you know it's inappropriate to ever have a statue, but I think as a as a person of faith, I don't need to think well or poorly about somebody. I need to try to think accurately, which is ultimately going to be anybody has some, uh, you know, flaws, sins, and part of the redemptive story of grace is that is that regardless of our past, we can be made right with God through what Jesus Christ has done. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think there are some things that taking them down wouldn't be the complete appropriate thing, but I don't think we have to take down every statue where somebody has a flaw in their past, um, because certainly, I mean, right now we're we're vigilant on one issue as a society, but you know, you go through people's past in terms of their their interaction with members of the opposite sex. You go through, you know, how they use their wealth, all these things, and you can find something in almost anybody that you would ever say this is a a person that that's revered that you would would look to and say that's not. Uh, a revered, worthy quality. I've always said that if you want to start taking down statues of flawed leaders, you're going to be left with one. You're going to have Jesus as the only man standing in the end. In a lot of ways, this desire for perfection in leaders, uh, flawlessness, um, leads naturally to one person. And if you're going to say, so, well, gosh. So it's just such a, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm laughing because now there is a move to take down the statues of the white Jesus. I saw so that. So when yes. you revere someone and it's, it's the white Jesus, and I, I have to admit sometimes when I see pictures, if we're in church or if I'm someplace and there's consistently this white Jesus, I have some kind of feeling about that because I'm like, okay, that's not really how the way that Jesus looked. So yes, Jesus was without flaws, but if we have statues of Jesus that look like right. you look and you ask me all the time to revere that statue that looks like you, then I might have some kind of feeling about yeah. it, yeah, which yeah, might yeah. not be a good feeling. Yeah. So. And I do think that that is an issue that we're talking about. And, and, and sometimes maybe that perhaps might be to an extreme. I'm not saying it is, but I know that what I've heard is there are some white Christians who are now, you know, ready to like uh, kill this person who's saying like, just take down all the statues of the white Jesus. Now, is that right? No. But then I wonder what's in the heart of those Christians that are saying that? So it's there again, it just comes down to me. What is in your heart when you are asking for some of these things to be removed, when you are crucifying the people that are asking for the statues or the monuments to be removed? It's like, what's really in your heart? And it seemed like there was some more rhetoric 
with that, it wasn't just let's be careful of the white Jesus, let's get rid of those. There was also another step from, if I read correctly, um, about churches in general, oh, so yes. that maybe some people are reacting to. Right. You know, without a doubt, um, Americans for a long time turned Jesus into a Swede. <laughs> if yeah, you want to, I mean, it was, yeah. it was the Swedish yeah. Jesus, which is probably not anything at all what Jesus looked like. Right. It would have been Middle Eastern Jesus. Right. But I've also seen black Jesus. I've seen, you know, Jesus made in different cultures images. Exactly. So, yes. so is that a, you know, does every culture have to make Jesus Middle Eastern to be correct? I'm not sure. I, at the end of the day, that's why in a church like Orchard Hill, we don't have statues, period, um, yeah, of they, Jesus they or anybody. They distract you from, right. from the yeah. words and the actions of Jesus and what yeah, they mean. Exactly. Right, and the fact that God is spirit, and obviously he's, Jesus is God as well, and so there's a, there's a both and to it, but, but I think there's a danger of any culture to make Jesus into their image. And, uh, and certainly white culture's been guilty of that. Uh, in some ways, but I think black culture has done some of that as well. Um, well, I mean, in, in a number of black churches, there are black, you know, there are statues mm -hmm. where Jesus is represented as black. Right. Um, it, it, it's just interesting. I know there is a TV program where that's a comedy that sometimes the grandmother will say, you know, I'm talking about praying to black Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I'll laugh, but, you know, that's... Uh, God is made in our own image, so we see him that way. And mm -hmm. so um, that's, how, that's how I see him. And, and that's my point is to say, I don't think it's inappropriate yeah. for a culture to conceptualize Jesus right. as other than Middle Eastern. Exactly. But, but I think to be fair, you, you, know, you want to say, okay, if you're going to call for one accuracy, then let's call for all accuracy or vice versa. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and that's where, again, I would say, do we need st statues of Jesus? Um, but that probably goes beyond now, that. Doesn't the Bible, though, this is rhetorical question, <laughs> elevate a number of flawed people to hero status? Hebrews 11, for example, is a hero's hall of fame filled with flawed people, significant flaws. David, Moses, um, a prostitute. I mean, these, these are things that you'd say the Bible actually extols them and singles them out as being heroes of our faith when they had significant personal and moral flaws in their lives. But I would say that ultimately the point isn't that they're heroes, it's that they're not heroes. Right. And I'm that correct. that is what the Bible because is Because it's pointing by to. their faith that they made right. it into yeah. this. It's in spite of yeah. these right. mistakes they've made, the errors yeah. in judgment, the thoughts and actions and so forth. Right. Which would go back to venerating people at all is always dangerous. Yeah. Um, right. But again, as a culture, I think there's a time to say, this person or this individual was important in the formation of our culture or in the ideals that we've come to, to embrace. And I think what, you know, to me, what seems clear is when you're elevating people who were part of the Confederacy, and, you know, if I understand how a lot of those statues or things got uh, put in place on public land, public dollars, is it was well after, um, you know, the freeing of slaves, where people were saying, we're still going to make a statement about what's important to us here in this community. And, and that seems um, unnecessary and offensive uh, in our day um, to, to look at, to me. Um, 
but to go back and challenge every person who, who didn't understand or wasn't on the right side and their place in our society seems um, maybe overly aggressive simultaneously. Um, and me meaning not to say that they were wrong on this issue, but to say, you know, George Washington, we have to erase from all of our history. Yeah. Um, you know, we can't have Washington, D.C. We need a new name for our capital, um, which, you know, I, I'd understand. I wouldn't say that would be, be completely inappropriate, but I would say, is that where we need to go? Or are we able to say, he got this wrong, and yet he did yeah. some really good things simultaneously. And, 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 uh, and I think that now we're just in an emotional state where people are um, oftentimes saying things, doing things without having thought about it for long periods of time. Yet there are people who have been talking about things over and over and over again for long periods of time. And this just happens to be a time where people are listening and hearing because you do see the people saying, yep, we got to take these statutes down. This is not the right, the, the, this is the wrong thing. So uh, I think that um, we're talking about this now because it's a hot topic. But it, it, I look at things like the naming of schools. There are schools that are in the South, and I just read there's like 110 like public schools that are named after you know members of the Confederacy, and people have been talking about renaming these schools for years. Yet now there is the impetus to say, okay, because we're talking about children that are going into a uh, a building where they are now being told about that history. And it's like, uh, you know, and, and teachers who are teaching children about history. And now it's all being laid open. We are saying like, okay, teach the, here, the, his, the history and have the right narrative around it. Yeah. To me, it's reassuring on a biblical basis to say that God takes people that have had issues in their life, have made wrong choices, that have done the wrong things, and use them in significant ways. And to me, it, it, it means that you don't need to take down every statue because the person had some flaw. It needs to be in a greater context than that, that people can have those issues and everyone has them. Because if we're going to, like I said, start casting stones, there's almost no end to it. The question is, what's the overall picture? And the Bible paints a picture of a flawed human beings having significant impact um, on the history of Christianity, on our lives today, held up as examples to follow in certain ways and not others. And that's reassuring to me that you can't just shout everything down. You can't. God doesn't do that. Therefore, we as Christians shouldn't be doing that. Um, we are called to be discerning and, and to draw some lines. And the drawing of lines is really what the whole discussion's about now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's important as a society also to understand that we can't demand perfection. And I'm thinking more of people who are alive today than past people and growth simultaneously. Um, you've got to allow people to say, I've grown in this area, I've, I've, I've matured, I've come to a better understanding and not cancel everybody for something that happened 30, 40 years ago. Um, you know, where, you know, it's probably a good thing that, you know, not all of us could tweet when we were 12, um, or we probably would have tweeted some things that, that you would say, okay, that wasn't awesome. Um, 
and you know on, on every issue, not just this issue. And and so there's, um, I think we, we need to, as a society, figure out how to say people can grow and and we don't have to demand perfection. Um, and and have a narrative that says we're moving in a direction while at the same time um, not demanding complete unanimity at every point. Um, and, and I think the, the, the danger that I think some people feel and the reason maybe they want to draw a line around some statues is because they say, well, if this today, then what about this, this, or this that isn't as clear? Um, if I don't agree or this person didn't agree, then they're going to get nixed in that. And, and, I, and I think that's a real danger to watch, but I don't think it's a reason not to address an obviously offensive symbol or statue as well um, in, in our current day. So any last thoughts either of you have on this topic that you didn't get a chance to express? Well, you know, as I thought about this, I was listening to um, one of the rallies that was going on and the leader with the bullhorn said, what do we want? People would yell, justice. What do we want? Justice. And they said it over and over again. And I think there's this desire in us as human beings to have things be just and true. Um, as a Christian, I know where that comes from. God has implanted a, a moral sense inside of us, a right and wrong. Um, many people have a little bit of a warped sense of that, but all of us somehow desire justice. Um, it's interesting because that's what God wants and what Jesus wants. But you can't talk about justice without talking about the love and mercy of God. You can't do it. They're absolutely tied up together. Um, and it leads into this concept of justice as being a much larger issue in God's eyes, and therefore it should be in our eyes and how we deal with it. And as Christians, that sense of justice, not just that the punishments be meted out and the injustice is rectified, it's actually living a just life. And if everybody lived a just life by Christian standards, this whole discussion would be over. <laughs> Unrealistic, idealistic, yes. But I think what we're actually called to do, we're called to live just lives, to treat each other as another person made in the image of God, that God loves dearly and therefore you should, to love your enemies, to care about what happens to people, to make sure that things that are wrong are set right. And that's the action component of living a just life. Okay. It's relationships and it's human beings. Great. Thank and, you, Joanne. Yeah, and, and, and I do think that Christians need to be involved in some of these discussions. Yes, they do. Because we will look at things that are going on and we will talk about things that are going on, but uh, sometimes we're not engaged in those discussions about what is just, what is right, and getting people to... Um, see the love of Jesus. So I think that that also is an important thing. So as people are talking about the removal of statues and monuments, where are we in this um, dialogue and in this discussion? And I think uh, sometimes we are on the opposite side of what is just and what is right. So I, I do think that we need to uh, be on that side of, of what is just and what is right. Mm -hmm. Well put, well put. Well, thank you both. And uh, thank you for spending part of your day with us at Ask a Pastor. If you have questions or things you'd like to see 
addressed in this format, please send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com. Thanks and have a great day.